One evening, a father decided to take he and his son for a swim in their local condo's pool area. They would meet some friends and have a good old time. However, just before they enter the pool gate, there are signs posted with notices of conduct. You know, simple rules. There's no lifeguard on duty after 3 p.m., so swim at your own risk. And there were also other rules posted as well. They had come to this pool many times before. Plus, they knew how to swim, so reading all of those things really didn't really make any sense to them. So they went in, ignoring the post and enjoying themselves. While the kids were playing, the dads had chatted, discussing their week, what had gone on and taken place, but they kept their eyes on the kids. Nothing had ever happened before, so they felt confident that things were good. The kids began a diving contest, and the kids asked their dads to be judges. One by one, they all plopped in the pool in some form or fashion and came out awaiting their scores. Things were going well at first, until suddenly he realized that his son wasn't coming back up out of the water. He waited a couple of seconds, and then a minute, until he realized that something really was wrong. The dad dived in, heading towards his son, grabbing his limp body out of the water and carrying him to the edge of the pool. Lifting him out and laying him on the concrete, he realized his son wasn't breathing at all. He began CPR and another dad called 911. The son made it to the hospital and thank goodness he was alive, but unfortunately he would never be the same again. When diving in the water, his head hit the bottom. This injury caused him to be paralyzed from the neck down. The father was devastated and very angry. He wanted someone to pay for what had happened to his precious boy. He decided that he would sue the complex and cause the whole place to be shut down. He even contacted his local councilman to see about getting the local community pool shut down as well. I mean, aren't they all a hazard? He wanted to prevent something like this from ever happening again to anyone. This went on for months, even almost close to a year and a half. The fight to close down the complex and the community pools in his district. It pained him every day to see his son in this condition, and someone had to take responsibility. Then one day, after all this time, he had gotten a call from his attorney. He explained that the suit was actually being dismissed as the pool in the complex had clearly stated rules upon the entry of the pool. Those signs read things like, no diving, no lifeguard on duty after 3 p.m., swim at your own risk, all children must be accompanied by an adult, and so many other safety precautions that were listed on the walls. As a result, the father lost this suit, of course, and his attempt to have his local community pool shut down were also of no avail. He was furious and yet again still angry, but he sat and thought about it, what his attorney had shared with him, and went over what had happened. Upon reflecting, he realized that, in fact, his anger was misplaced, that he had bypassed he and the other parents' responsibility to observe the rules posted clearly for everyone to see. They had ignored them because they felt secure and sure that they were more than capable, and yet, in a matter of moments, his son's life was forever changed as a result of ignoring those guidelines. Now, there's an old saying that goes, guilt often wants to recruit to justify its wrong. <laughs> you wonder what that has to do with whether or not marriage is obsolete? Make sure you stay tuned. We're going to answer that question and so much more today at The Well.
Welcome back to At The Well, everyone. I'm your host, Tamara Conway, and I'm joined again with my husband, Stephen. Hello. <laughs> and we are excited to be back with you today and talk about this thing called marriage. The question is, is marriage obsolete? Has it somehow ran its course in our society today, Stephen? Is there like, you know, a... Is it no longer necessary? It's a, it's a very interesting time we are living in, definitely, for sure. Yeah, it is. And, and there's a lot of different views on marriage. I remember one time I was sitting uh, in a very good Chinese restaurant, I will have you know, uh, on the campus there at the University of Michigan and overheard two individuals who had obviously, uh, or at least one of them had just come from a class. And uh, the young lady was just into this conversation i mean like what 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 is marriage i mean i i mean i could get a piece of paper that says i'm married to this table mm. i mean marriage is nothing I, I was sitting there enjoying my um uh general Tussauds tofu and <laughs> I, I just chuckled to myself as i was eating the food and i'm like wow that's great i wonder what class you just had <laughs> and, but you know i think she expressed a sentiment that a lot of people have. Obviously, statistics tell us that less people are getting married. For sure. And those who are getting married are doing so at a later age or at later ages, stages in life. And um, so the perspective, society's perspective has changed uh, when it comes to when it comes to marriage. Quite a bit, quite a bit. And just reflecting on the little bit of the intro that I shared earlier regarding the gentleman who's son was injured in the pool accident um generally that story made me think about the the hmm where we are today as far as people you know how do people say throw out the baby with the bathwater, and which is erroneous and crazy but we don't seem to think that's the case when it comes to marriage you know there are many people who feel as though because they didn't see marriage work for their parents or maybe they never saw a marriage work or their marriage isn't working or their marriages haven't worked that somehow marriage seems to be the problem and so let's just dissolve it what is what is the purpose of marriage it doesn't seem to work it doesn't seem to be you know fitting in our society so why don't we just get rid of it you know right right i think another and there are several reasons and you you bring up one of them which is that i don't have a positive experience with marriage mm. or my family hasn't had a good experience with marriage and therefore marriage um needs to go mm -hmm. uh or and, and another one is a philosophical perspective like i think this young lady's perspective was um and not not to get off you know into left field on philosophy or what have you but i think our worldview has largely impacted people's perspective on marriage hmm. for instance right now the the prevailing worldview is is really a postmodern worldview okay. and the general conversation is that this is like young people have this but i think actually young and old in fact i've probably had conversations with 70 year olds who possess uh, some form of a postmodern worldview. And the postmodern view essentially says that um, that there are these things called social constructs. Mm -hmm. And social constructs are keeping us from really experiencing uh, life as we should. The freedom, the joy, and so forth and so on. Well, social constructs come about because systems, organizations, institutions, nations uh, are trying to control 
they're trying to control us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, well, how do you determine whether or not something is a social construct? One of the ways is if it's something that's generally agreed upon by society. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one of the ways is if it is not something that we could naturally uh, conclude on our own without being told, Mm -hmm. then it is also a social construct. Or that's what it said. That's 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 what it said. And so so with that framework, marriage has fallen into um, has fallen into this uh, basket of being a social construct. It's something that is used to uh, to control us. And of course, if you talk to teenagers about just going out here um, and having sex without any uh, um, without any commitment involved mm-hmm. and if you talk to university students mm-hmm. about going out and having sex um, indiscriminately with no commitment involved for those who are unconverted mm-hmm. and unchristian or just slaves to their passions mm-hmm. well that sounds great mm-hmm. you know that sounds great and so or that word commitment what does that mean on you know various different levels you know? right right and so so from a philosophical perspective i think this is the reason why a lot of a lot of people in the 21st century are trying to do away with marriage. It's a social construct. It's there to uh, control us, and it keeps us from being happy, mm. experiencing happiness. And there's um, I, we talked about whether or not we wanted to go here, but I think that concept of you know, could you naturally conclude this? Uh, is this a conclusion you could naturally reach on your own? And here's the fascinating thing in my mind about marriage. Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't. Mm. Especially if you're operating from an evolutionary framework. Okay. You would never come to the conclusion where I would say, Tamara, I love you so much mm-hmm. that I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And you and I are going to have a relationship a that monogamous. has a monogamous relationship yeah. that has boundaries that no other female can come into, no other male can come into. It's just going to be you and I in it in a love commitment relationship, in a marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, in the evolutionary model, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And um, I want to say this, you know, postmoderns and they they make they make some good points. True. Um, that's true it's, in it, some areas in some areas and, and I'll talk about that we'll talk about that in a second yeah, yeah. but for instance if if my wife and I both carry the sickle cell trait and we're married mm-hmm. well then we can't really have children uh, or our children would have sickle cell anemia oh that happened to us when we had Israel <clears throat> yeah, our oldest right. son I have the trait and so they brought us both in and they wanted to test us to see if you had it right yeah but and, and you know what that didn't even cross our radar at all when we were getting ready to get married. No. Didn't even cross our radar. Never thought about whether genetically mm-hmm. there was anything that would that would hinder be an us. issue yeah. or a problem that would hinder us from having children. But we were both like, wow, mm-hmm. man, when, when we're waiting the 24 or 48 hours, whatever it was, for to get the, results, the test back. Yeah. Right. But that was something we didn't consider. But for postmoderns, evolutionary folks, they're like, hey, look, well, if that's the lot that you're in then you're essentially you're helping to bring the human race to an end because you you have the ability to have children and your wife does but it's just that you two individuals are not a match mm-hmm. so go out here and sleep with other people and 
you know, keep the race going. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. And um, that sounds like a familiar story, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy <laughs> sounding thing. And uh, the, the Bible talks about. But it's Sarah an interesting. And, uh, and, Abraham. and Abraham, right? Yeah, go out here. You got to keep the race going. <laughs> that created a whole big mess. But but they do have a point in terms of mm-hmm. looking at things from a genetic perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to run off into that. But but the conclusion that they reach, the mm-hmm. conclusions that they reach, mm-hmm. um, which are not just based on a philosophical thing or uh, or anything like that, but the conclusions that they reach, which is let's get rid of marriage altogether, are wrong. And here's the uniqueness of marriage, and I think we can see that it is in fact divinely divinely instigated by God, mm-hmm. because we wouldn't come to that conclusion apart from God. And of course, in the book of Genesis, marriage was introduced, not the ceremonies like we see today, but the bringing together of a man and woman who cleave together and form a new family unit. That was something that God introduced. And it's it's just interesting to me how, yeah, yeah. And I I think that there are people who would listen to this and say, well, haha, see, you know, that only Christianity thinks you know, this way, you know, that's a social construct in and of itself. There are people who think that, but, you know, having had the experience of being able to travel around the world and, and not by any means be able to go into every single culture that exists. Right. But knowing people from so many various different places and being, having the privilege of being, having traveled many places, um, that marriage has a, has a very strong, um, hold on more than just the, American society, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you can go and talk to so many different people from so many different countries and they'll tell you, granted, it may not look the same, right? right. Whether it started in a hut, as my daughter, we were talking the other day, you know, somewhere in a grassy field in a hut somewhere. No, there wasn't a piece of paper. You know, this idea that marriage is only a piece of paper. I think only um, very narrow minded, you know, somewhat Americans may mm-hmm. think that way that that marriage just sums up as to a piece of paper that you have to go sign down at the courthouse or go down and get that you know certificate that you have to get and then have the um, pastor or whoever's marrying you sign it you know so that it is looked at something as legal in the United States of America but in other countries there are things right that constitute the same thing you know which is accountability you know that is just not something that happens between you and i but that someone else besides us right has to be has to hold us accountable in many places the villagers you know hold the people accountable the families Um, the families and so i think that that is a very narrow you know way of looking at that that it is just simply a piece of paper that is to me something that only someone who hasn't had the opportunity to step outside of this this thing here, you know, within the U.S. The other thing that you brought up earlier that I, I would agree with is that you said that some postmoderns feel as though um, marriage has had a negative impact. And I think it's very clear that we can acknowledge that there are things that have been done within the confines of marriage that are wrong. Right. Um, the abuses and the neglects, and there's too many to even name, right? Right. Um, controlling. Controlling. Some men and women, right. probably more men, have been controlling Physically, as a result of marriage. mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, even spiritually, right? But to relegate that to being that marriage is the issue, it removes the responsibility of the human being, that we mm-hmm. are broken people who in all systems we show these we show these imperfections man and that's a powerful point so many times we 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 reach wrong conclusions mm-hmm. because 
we are either deluded or we just forget about the human factor mm -hmm. because it is really the human factor mm -hmm. and uh, our nature as human beings that's going to mess up any system mm -hmm. uh, if not for the grace of God. So marriage in and of itself, marriage, Isn't there's the nothing problem. wrong. That's not the problem. The right. problem is the people yes. who are married. Yes. And so uh, that's one of the things that I think from that philosophical perspective that is overlooked. And of course, it's it's the same thing. It's not it's not only in the realm of marriage, but mm -hmm. there's a variety of things that as the introductory story illustrated, yeah. you know, the problem was not swimming pools. Right. But uh the problem was not really minding what the what the rules were. You you found a, a powerful quote yes. about um about why people get especially in the Christian context. Yeah. About why divorce takes place yeah and i think this is so powerful because i can confess that i believe that there are many christians who feel as though being a christian exempts them from marital issues but we've seen over the years that the numbers have grown exponentially as far as divorce i want to read this and um and this quote is actually found in the book called the divorce reality by donald hughes it says here that in churches people have a superstitious view that christianity will keep them from divorce but they are subject to the same problems as everyone else and they concluded this a lack of relationship skills just being born again or surrendering your heart to god or choosing to be a christian is not cannot be used as like what they call a rabbit's foot hughes claims that 90 percent of divorces amongst christian couples occur after they have surrendered their hearts to god or given their lives to god or committed to being a christian yeah that and you and i we've shared this with a lot of um, people that we've talked to hmm. the the notion is oh you believe in jesus yeah i, I believe, believe in, in jesus. jesus yeah you believe he's coming again yeah, yeah. you believe the world is <laughs> and it's like yeah and it's like well let's do this that's all oh. we need you know the whole all we need is love, love and we is both enough. we both love the lord and mm -hmm. therefore or we love each other or we love each other and 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 therefore that's enough i think one of the things that hughes brings out is is uh, that's important here is a lack of relationship skills. Yes, yes. A lack of relationship skills. So we yes. can both be in the church. We can both be coming from a Christian perspective. Yeah. We can both even love the Lord. Mm -hmm. But when we get into a marriage lacking relationship skills, mm -hmm. it's going to be extremely difficult for us to, mm -hmm. to stay in the relationship mm -hmm. or to maintain it or even to grow it so that it becomes healthy. Mm -hmm. So uh, you and I were talking because some people may listen and be like, okay, okay, okay. Relationship skills. What? What, what is that? Wait, right, right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I've got relationship skills. I know, got, I know how to talk. I got a mouth. I got two ears. Mm -hmm. So I, and, and I get along with people, mm -hmm. um, but that may not necessarily mean that you have relationships. Mm -hmm skills what are some of the things that we talked about that um that we categorize as relationship skills well some of these things i know we've probably shared in a, a previous uh episodes but i want to i think this is really important um one of the things is definitely communication is mm -hmm. definitely detrimental knowing how to listen without being defensive mm -hmm. um also knowing how to talk without being critical name calling or demeaning right so some of us have grown up in families where that's that's the way that we talk to one another. Mm -hmm. It's it's not unusual to call someone out of their name, mm -hmm. and uh, but that's not a healthy communication skill. Not at all. <laughs> and that's you know communicating in that way. Yeah. 
means that you're at a deficit when it comes to having relationship skills. Or not communicating at all. Those are things that are learned behaviors, believe it or not. Some mm-hmm. people feel like, well, as long as I don't say anything, it's good. No, we have to communicate. Right. No, but if you can't say something good, don't say, don't anything, say anything at, at all. all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so after that, I think one of the other things that was listed, what do you have there, Tamara? Conflict resolution, which is a huge one because I think we, again, going back to the Christian context, we believe that just because we're Christians, we will not have conflict. And there is no scripture that, that can justify that at all anywhere. Right, in right. fact, there are plenty of scriptures that actually say the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, that we are in a battle constantly, you know, with yeah. ourselves. If you live in the world, you will have tribulation. Yes. Yeah. Some people need a door thing or <laughs> that when you enter into their home. If you live in this home, there will, will be, be tribulation. tribulation. <laughs> right. But uh, what 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 is conflict resolution? When you when you say conflict resolution, what are you talking about? Well, I think one of the biggest aspects is don't just hear the other person. But it's important to be reflective, taking the time to pray and say, God, okay, you know what? I don't necessarily understand how he came to that conclusion, or I don't necessarily agree with how he came to that conclusion. But God, is anything that he's sharing with me true? Is it true? You know, that I can be stubborn. Is it true that I can make him feel a certain type of way? Or so is that's, it? The, that's the listening part yes. of the conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. What I think what we talked about earlier is the ultimate goal is... That the conflict is resolved, yes. whatever it is. Yeah. A lot of times, and we, we talked about this when we did a, the episode on communication, a lot of times it's just like, okay, if we just stop talking about that, yeah. then we won't we have won't any have more conflict. Yeah. There won't be a problem. So let's just not discuss that. Mm-hmm. But that's not really resolving an issue. Yeah. That's not, um, you know, that's not dealing with the issue at hand. So having the skills and the ability to be able to deal with conflict, um, I think, and there's one book that we we talk about, and it's the fight or flight thing. Either some people uh, fight yeah. when conflict arises, and others run. But the best thing is kind of a it's it's it's, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's the best place to be, mm-hmm. where and that's where resolution takes place. Maybe we can do something just on that conflict resolution at some point in time, mm-hmm. but. Um, the other thing we talked about, and this was interesting, we called it the show after the show. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you just watched some <laughs> reality TV show and then they have another show to talk about what the show was. Yeah. And what we said is that when we have conversations one with another, mm-hmm. uh, good conversations or conversations that we wish we would not have had, conflict mm-hmm. or what have you, it's important for us to be able to reflect on the things that were said in the conversation. Now, we're not talking about reflecting in terms of exaggerating what the other person said and how they, but we're more talking about self-reflection. Yeah. So afterwards, man, did I did I really need to use that tone of voice mm-hmm. when we were talking? Man, am I really, and you brought this up earlier, am I really, uh, in terms of reflective listening, um, am, am I really the way that she suggested or he suggested that I am. Mm-hmm. And, and we actually give the time to consider that. Mm-hmm. So the conversation is over and I'm not continuing to harp on it, but I'm merely reflecting on it mm-hmm. and I'm looking into it uh, as in as in-depthly as I possibly can to see what was true and where did I overstep my bounds? Mm-hmm. What, what did I say that was an exaggeration. Do I need to apologize or ask for forgiveness? That that requires also another skill, which is humility. Humility mm-hmm. is a skill. Listen, 
it's not an easy thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I, I know for sure that's something that I, I, I struggled and I still continue to struggle with as far as being willing to receive instruction, you know, and correction. You mm-hmm. know, that can be very hard for people. Um, and especially when you feel like, man, you know what, I'm right. You know, I'm the one that was done wrong or, you know, I'm the one who's suffering here. You know what I'm saying? So humility is really important. And it, I feel like it is a life skill, period. Yeah. Not just for marriage, but in in order to have relationships with humanity. Whew, that is a heavy one. And I, I think that's important, um, especially when it's related to the next skill that we talked about, which which is um, it's not really a skill, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a kind of a detrimental thing. And, well, actually, the, the skill aspect that we talked about is being assertive. Yeah. And that is to express what I need yes. from my partner. Rather from than my assuming spouse. that people should right. know. Or uh, not wanting not wanting to be interpreted in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So uh, the negative aspect of that is a person who's passive aggressive. Yeah. So I'm not asserting and telling you that I want this, but I'm just going to treat you bad and hope that you come around and and figure it out Mm -hmm. at some point or another. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to be passive aggressive, but we want to be assertive. So, and I think for Christians, it's difficult to, to know the line between humility and assertiveness Mm -hmm. because, Oh, Jesus suffered so much for me and I need to just be willing to (laughs) suffer and take this and so forth and so on. And and we tend to equate some sort of piety Mm -hmm. with, suffering in silence but in reality in reality there is space for us to actually say what it is we want when we look at the prayers in scriptures great prayers in scriptures people asked for the things that they wanted Mm -hmm. even if those things were not in in harmony with god's will for their lives they still prayed uh abraham Oh, that Ishmael, my that was a foolish prayer to pray. <laughs> right. But he still, hey, look, God, I want Ishmael to live before you. Mm-hmm. And God said, look, I hear you, but no, you're going to have another son. I'm going to bless Ishmael and I'm going to take care of him too. Yeah. But, you know, Isaac is going to be the son of promise. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to understand there the is false nothing. false humility. Right, of, right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with us actually expressing yeah. what it is that we need from the other person. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, it's like... I'm holding you ransom Mm -hmm. or I'm going to punish you until you give me what I want. Mm -hmm. But expressing that with, um, you know, just with with, with tenderness and sympathy. Listen, I really need this from you, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that's important to me and this is why it's important to me. So what do you think, guys? It seems as though one of the major reasons for the breakdown of marriage today could be the lack of relationship skills. I don't know. We're going to continue the discussion next week and we want you to join us and be sure to send in your voice memos. We want to hear from you, our audience. Let us know what you think. Is marriage obsolete or does it still have a place in our society today? You can send those voice memos to piwaki, the number one at gmail.com. That's P-I-E-W-A-K-I-E, the number one at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to contribute, you can visit my blog at www.piwaki.com for donation information. We thank you for all of your support and we look forward to hearing from you and joining us again next week. Remember guys, above all things, you really are loved and remember to stay at the well.